Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to This The Bipod, the show where we talk about movies, gaming, news, comics, all the things. Uh, today is going to be a special Pokemon Sword and Shield episode. I'm Ollie, and I choose you, Rufus. That is terrible. <laughs> I said, it's just me, hours and hours, <laughs> writing, writing things on bits of paper. Will this be the intro? Crumpling it up, throwing it against the wall, and then I choose that one. But uh, sorry, I didn't quite catch all, catch you all of that catch, Bruce. That that one seemed even more strained. I have to. Yeah, admit. yeah. I think I set I think I set the bar too high when I said that was awful. I, I think I think we've we've found a, a new awful. Right, right now in my in my uh, in my bedroom, there's just a wall and it's got lots of red bits of string attached with dots, and there's just the word catch in the middle in massive letters. And I've been staring at it all night trying to find an intro that involved got to catch them all. I just don't know what it is. But uh, guys, you're joining me for this special Pokemon episode. Uh, Rufus is our resident Pokemon specialist, uh, in absence of Jason, who wasn't available. Uh, so Rufus, how you doing? I'm all right. Been you know playing a lot of Pokemon. Playing a little bit of Borderlands Three, but playing a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, fair. I think that's uh, that's why we we don't actually have a what are you playing section this week because the answer would just be Pokemon. Move on. And uh, Bruce, nice of you to join us today. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very well. I've been uh, playing Pokemon as well and starting to prepare all my pens and things for the massive Christmas card writing season. Preparing all your pens and things. Please explain for the dear listeners. Uh, well, I'm cleaning out some of my fountain pens that I haven't used for a while that I want to use for writing the cards uh, in a bit of need of some maintenance and uh, setting up stuff for doing the seals on the cards. Um, These are all yeah. typical things that we do in Britain for non-English listeners when we send our cards. <laughs> it, it, it should be noted, Bruce is a time traveller from mm. the past. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is a fantastic way of describing Bruce. <laughs> just just this kind of, you know, are you from the future? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm from 1832. Uh, okay, so, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, it's Christmas season coming up. We're going to do some lovely special episodes uh, towards the end of the year, kind of best of the year stuff, best of the decade, and a, a, a Christmas special, uh, which we'll, we'll record around the fire. Um We'll now have a big book, and uh, Bruce will have his his pens, and uh, everyone will be very very happy indeed. Uh, okay, so look, we've got a lot to get through, especially in the Pokemon section, and so we are going to get the news out of the way. Coming up now. Breaking news: Old people think video games cause violence. In other news, sky still blue. Now over to Jim with the esports. Welcome back to the bite pod and now we're going to go through just a few bits of news it's actually been a relatively quiet week as i suppose we're just before the big christmas period comes and there's going to be lots of new crap that they're selling in stores but uh just after kind of halloween where actually interesting things happen so the only real thing of note for me this week in the gaming area is the release of the google stadia now i don't think any of us have google stadia am i right correct which I think, well, I'm assuming from Rufus, yeah. just the silence. He was just so angry at the very concept of not having his own console to play games on. The, the very premise of Google Stadia troubled him, so he didn't even dignify that with an answer. Uh, no, I, I think I did say no. Well, it's fine. Uh, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it has like 10 games? It has like 10 games. So this is, this is the thing, right? Um, it's generally been released to a bit of a eh response. Now... I think part of that is because most of the people who are really knowledgeable about Google Stadia are gamers who, by definition, have their own console. So it's kind of a bit, or console or PC or whatever. So it's a bit like the early adopters for this area are the people most likely to be uninterested in adopting it. There's also just the whole thing that like it requires... It, at the moment, you can't cast it to a non-Google Stadia Chromecast. Mm. You can't... doesn't work with the... Xbox controller at the moment either because they haven't released that plugin or that update to the drivers or something. Only like, ten games, this... as you said, yeah. That there's only like and three of them are Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. There's some and there's some quite old. I think games released three, four years ago in there as well. So like, uh, 
it's an interesting concept. I don't know if I care. I, I think this, in, in my mind, uh, Google Stadia is a bit of a long game. I think they're hoping that the younger generations who don't have consoles are going to adopt it as you know, subscription models are becoming more commonplace and it'll be more popular in the future. But as you said, at the moment, if you've already got a PC or you've already got an Xbox, I can't really imagine, or PlayStation or whatever, Nintendo, I can't imagine why you'd run out and buy this. It just doesn't seem to make a huge amount of sense. Yeah, I mean... This is something like the third time that something like this has been tried, right? And it's by a more major company this time. So it's interesting that Google thought it was now time for this. But I think that the technology isn't really ready yet for kind of um, this kind of streaming. Like you're starting to fight just against the physical limits of our internet technology. And I think it's just not ready yet. That's a really good point. Now, actually, I've, I've watched some YouTube videos on this. And uh, some guy was like, well, I tested this at two different uh, two different internet speeds. I tested it, or bandwidth. I tested it at gigabit internet and 100 meg, uh, megabit internet. And I was like, in the UK, I think a high level inter or a high bandwidth is probably about 100, maybe, max. And then 80, I think, is common for a lot of people who have kind of fiber, uh, that, basic. That is not the case. 20 is the average and 70 is high in the UK. Like, I think Virgin Media, even, like, their highest is still, like, 300 megabit, and that's still, like, 50 quid a month on top of your Google Stadia subscription. Yeah, and, I mean, we have uh, here, I have 5G uh, router, uh, which is, I basically, the, the 5G pumps into the router, and then the, the router is connected to the device in the house. And even then, the maximum that gets on a good day is about 250. Uh, yeah, so. Sir. So, you know, I mean, like the very concept, this guy was checking, I don't know, I think he was probably checking it in a country with a better better internet infrastructure. But, um, you know, to and 100, if people are trying to operate this on 20, they're going to have massive issues. The other significant issue with it is the latency. Mm. So in theory, we can continue to improve internet technology and, and give more bandwidth to more people, which is, is probably a great idea because it's useful for lots of things. But one thing that there would be great difficulty for us to improve on internet services, even from the state we're in now, is the latency of the connection. Yeah. Um, and for something like this, the latency is also going to be very important. But isn't that why they're doing the whole, what we're going to do is throw a bunch of AI and machines at it? Yeah, so the, the Google Stadia has some interesting ideas with this where you can't really decrease the latency because there's physical limitations to how quickly the signals can travel. And we're actually, you know, relatively close to the speed of light with a lot of networking solutions without, you know, investing a lot of money, which people do for some networking links. Um, people do crazy things like building straight line network links through microwave links because like the speed of light through air is faster than the speed of light through glass. So it goes a bit faster than fiber optic. But anyway, leaving all that aside, there's not much you can do to decrease the actual latency of the connection. So what Google Stadia is trying to do is to predict what the player is going to do and then do that ahead of time. The problem is then what happens is now, if it gets it wrong, then what's it then going to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, you would either have even worse lag because it would have to kind of like choose to go with what you actually pressed, somehow go back, pay like extra latency for like replaying this bit of the game sort of thing. Or alternatively, uh, and I don't know if they do this, but they may also just ignore the player inputs in those cases, just like, oh, we got it wrong. We'll try and get it right in future, but actually, even though you press this, no, you press this other button. And either way, I think it's going to annoy people a lot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, it doesn't feel. I, I think what we're coming to really here is that it's it's a great concept that has been tried many times before. Every time it's been tried before, the conclusion is we're not there yet. And with Stadia, at this point, it looks like we're still not quite there yet. Um, I'm going to move us on because we've got a few things still to cover. So there's a few uh, films have been released over the past week. Uh, in particular, Frozen Two, um, probably the one that's most prevalent. Um, Frozen 2 hit 130 million in its uh, opening US uh, weekend um, in the box office. Uh, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be quite a hit. I will probably go and see it because I have young family who will want to go and see this. Uh, are you guys interested in this at all? Um, I have to admit, I did not enjoy the first Frozen film. 
But you didn't enjoy Thor Ragnarok, so I would say your opinion is invalid. <laughs> well, I mean, I've enjoyed some recent Disney films, but Frozen in particular I found particularly distasteful for its um, message. Um, or the sort of... Uh, Wait, sorry, what, what's its message? Its message is that you shouldn't fall in love with the prince, instead you should fall in love with the next person you see. I mean... <laughs> like, at the, start, at the start, they sing this whole song about how we're not going to do that stupid, like, falling in love with the first person we meet thing. Like, you know, uh, for me, I'm going to fall in love with the life, second person. Just, like, not just, you know, dedicate my life to some, like, tired old prince and princess story. Because, you know, it was released not long after Brave that was made mostly by Pixar. So Disney wanted to prove that they could be, you know, woke to and have something where the princess actually had some kind of agency. But of course, after they sing all that song and everything, what happens is they just fall in love with like the next person that they see, and then they get rescued, and then get I rescued mean, by them. So, so technically, <laughs> she falls in love with the first person she sees. Like that's literally what happens. Then mm. she finds out he's real dodgy. Then she's like, "I don't care about the next guy I see." And then they eventually fall in love through like shared experiences and stuff. What we're saying is, she will fall in love with literally anyone she sees. I mean, maybe maybe the second one is like she leaves that guy and goes off with Olaf the snowman. Who knows? So don't. So the the message is, she will fall in love with anyone she sees, but the first one might be a murderer. So potentially the second one will be okay. In any case, I felt like they were. I felt like they were going for a nice message, but kind of very poorly executed it, which made it feel kind of disingenuous. Versus something like. Brave, which is also a Disney film, Disney Pixar film, which I really liked because, you know, you had the princess who uh, got to do something else other than falling in love, uh, mostly archery. Mm. Yeah, you so, say that, um... but the Brave had that problem where it's like, oh, she had this whole, like, the whole first two thirds of the movie is her, like, her developing as a character. And then the resolution just is like, oh, there we go, fixed it. Like, the resolution mm. is just literally, they just resolve it and they move on. It's a bit Mama Bear. Ex it has a, it has a bit of a Deus Ex Machina ending, but I feel like they do manage to do it well with the character development. Like she reaches the point of despair and wishing that she could fulfill yeah, her responsibilities, even if the explanation for how she then practically solves it is a little lacking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see what happens in Frozen Two when I get round to it. Um, it's probably something to do with you can fall in love with the second person, but the second person might not be quite right for you after a period of time. You end up dating a snowman. Who knows? Um, we're going to rush through a couple of other little bits. Uh, so Star Trek Four. This is the kind of the new Star Trek universe with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and and so on. It's been announced and it's going to be written and directed by Noah. Hawley. Um, I don't know a huge amount about his work, but uh, at the moment, um, that's all we know about it. So, are you guys interested in Star Trek Universe, the new Star Trek Universe? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, Moving I, on, Pokemon. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's it's fine. Like some of the bits are fun. Some of the bits are a bit like, oh, we're just trying to be like the. Um, the motorbike scene in the first one. Yeah, that was a bit. I was weird. like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit sure. weird. I think it's it's a bit. So I think uh, I'm getting a bit of an impression that um, we're, we're not Star Trek. I'm I'm relatively big fan of of the original series and, and the next generation Star Trek. Oh no, like the next generation is my jam, and so is Voyager and Deep Space Nine to a lesser degree. Like I like all of the TV shows. I like some of the original movies. Yeah, well, I feel like Picard is going to be very good when that comes out on Amazon Prime. That'll be next year. But um, I I wonder why in this age of everyone trying to create shared universes that more work hasn't been done to make a proper Star Trek universe. Um, and it was also felt a little bit weird. Um, you know, I think they could do a lot more with Star Trek. Like, it's an interesting universe. It's an interesting concept. But so far, they've just made kind of three generic blockbuster-type films that haven't really got a lot of original content. But wasn't that because the original premise is a bit odd? Like, the whole point is, most of the time, they're going out and exploring, yet these explorers repeatedly get into massive fights every, like, every other episode. Yeah, pretty, well, pretty much. I mean, they managed to, they did better with that in The Next Generation because it was a lot more, you know, it's a diplomatic mission every episode. And, and you know, then, that's like, not what humanity stands for and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a diplomatic mission, but oh, no, we, we, we 
we didn't actually bother to check what the local laws are and oh wesley's has to die now that's yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's it. yeah it's like Wes wesley wesley was played by will wheaton yeah it means he has to die local laws planet planet says big big picture of will wheaton's face with a cross through it just no no will wheaton's um it was very much like that uh but it, you know it the next generation was in my opinion a far superior show i've probably annoyed some people over the age of 55 but um or at least yeah or at least who's, who's got a very strong opinion about that um well anyway we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep on that one and then as uh, as more news comes in we will update you okay so that's all about it for the news um right now we're going to talk about pokemon sword and shield for ages coming up right now i mean the funny thing is all three of us had pokemon shield did i say pokemon shield no no you said you said sword and shield but like Unfortunately, yeah. all three of us have the same copy of the game. That is true. That is true. That's <laughs> fine. I do know stuff about swords. That's fine. I mean, it's basically the same uh, game. Yeah, it's pretty similar. I think I can blag this one. I think I've got it. When we talk about the weird evolution mechanisms, we will. I will tell you why it's different. Oh, okay. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, so this is the Pokemon Sword and Shield chat. We covered it very briefly last week. Just a little bit of info about the show, about the show, a little bit of info about the game. Um, but now we're going to go a full deep dive, talk about what we like, don't like, our opinions about some of the mechanics, graphics, etc. And we're going to start up by just asking everyone to give a couple of minutes. Like, Rufus, what do you think about this game at a high, high level? Good, bad? Uh, I think it's a nice continuation of the series. I think it's got some nice touches. I think the UI is a bit weird in places. Mm. Okay. So I think it's a good game, and if you haven't played for a while, it's good. I think it also makes sense if you've played recently. So like, it makes sense after Sun and Moon and Sun and Moon Ultra. Okay. And what about yourself, Bruce? Yeah, I've been quite enjoying it. I this is the first time I've had a chance to really play a Pokemon game at its release and with people that I know. Um, so that's been quite nice. Um, that has meant that I've unfortunately come up more against the actual uh, way that you do trading with people and things like this, which, to be honest, is appallingly terrible. Mm. Um, I think appallingly the... terrible is generous. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 go on to, we'll, we'll go on to intricate details in a bit. Yeah, the sort of game itself seems to be, um, like, as a single player, the single player parts of the game seem to be better made, fortunately. Mm. Um, and yeah, so far I've been enjoying it a lot. It's it's very nice to play a sort of familiar setting in Pokemon for a change. Like, you basically start, as as far as I could tell, in the countryside, possibly in Yorkshire, <laughs> Where I grew up, or something similar. <laughs> You're Australian. Stay in character. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, look, I look. I kind of agree between the two of you. I've got some mixed feelings on the game, actually, and, and I'm sure we'll dig into that in a bit more detail. But generally speaking, I'm enjoying playing it uh, for sure. And you know, I, I think I'm further along than you guys are in the storyline. So I've, I've I've sunk a lot Certainly of hours into me. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So at a very basic level, then. Uh, giving an overview of what this game is for, for people who are living under a rock or whatever. And there will be spoilers within this review, but nothing really kind of like, I mean, I, from what I've played so far, I don't think there's anything that's going to be like, oh, yes, huge twist, because there hasn't been anything so far like that. I mean, it is a Pokemon game that, like, we're not expecting, like, I don't know, the good place or, yeah. like, Digimon Hi. to turn up halfway through and just be <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, but okay, so this uh, this version of Pokemon takes place in the Galar region, um, which is basically England, as uh, Bruce alluded to. And uh, you know, you're a trainer. I mean, you know, do you, I could I could just record this section and then for the next Pokemon game replay it. Uh, you know, you're a trainer. You want to be the best. You want to catch them all. You want to beat the gym leaders. You want to go to the blah 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 blah. It's it's all it's all very similar. It's, there's nothing here that's going to be mind blowing. There are a few little changes in the way that things are done which we'll get on to but it's a pokemon game new pokemon yeah so gameplay whereabouts are you guys so far in in terms of let's say in terms of the gym that you're you're fighting uh i just beat the ice gym as we were talking okay and uh, what about you bruce 
I am about to go and fight the fire gym, which is the third gym. Okay. And what do you think? Like, so I very early on, I chose Grookey, the uh, grass Pokemon, and I think you did too, Bruce. Yep, that's correct. And uh, what did you choose, Rufus? I chose Subtle. Uh, okay. So I found the, in all honesty, I found the first, probably the first hour of the game quite difficult. Um, because grass Pokemon have a lot of weaknesses and because, you know, it's just slow, you're catching. And also a lot of Pokemon early on are normal. So until you get fighting Pokemon, you don't have anything to just smash them in the face, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but after the first hour, I would say the next three or four hours was just a cakewalk. Well, it's because, like, the game's kind of broken up into, like, three sections with one bit in, with one, uh, like, chorus in the middle, right? Because yeah. there's the... There's the first three gyms, there is uh, the next few gyms, and then there is the last run of the game, as far as yep. I can tell. Yeah. And then the wild area is interspersed in between. Mm. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna talk I've, about. I think I've had a different experience. The difficulty because I think I spent a lot more time early on catching Pokemon. So I actually found, even though I had Grookey as a starter as well, um, none of the battles have been hard so far. Um, usually one or two hits, maybe five for some of the harder battles. Mm. Okay. And I mean, I it's all very familiar, right? Like I haven't played a Pokemon game, but I, I played Sun and Moon a little bit and actually got a bit bored of it, uh, to be honest. And I played, uh, God, Fire Green or something on the 2DS, I imagine, about four years ago. What would it be um, fire? Right. Oh, sorry. Yes, of course, because fire green would be stupid. Leaf green or fire red. I can't remember which one. Yeah. But um, they were all very reminiscent of the original games because obviously one of them was a remake. But for me, like, I would say this is sweet, sweet nostalgia crack um, because you know the, the even the the sounds, the animations, the way the text scrolls, all of this stuff is more or less exactly the same as it was in the original games back in the nineties. Yeah, they haven't really developed much on that side of things i think they've been iterating a bit but i do think there are some improvements in this one i haven't really played um sun and moon so i can't speak to what they maybe already introduced in those but um i think they've made um a few quality of life improvements that are quite small and i think they've also made improvements to um the traveling you've got the fast mm. travel you've got the wild area which i quite like you've got the camping which i think is a nice touch mm. um, and so, i think it's kind of a mix of some earlier systems that they tried yeah and you can transfer pokemon into your your party now without having to go into the pokemon center which is quite useful for certain scenarios let's let's talk about the wild area then because i think that's probably the biggest different introduction of gameplay into the game the the wild area is a large ish um quotation marks open world section of the game where you can run around and physically catch pokemon in just a lot of wild grass a lot of water um and some pokemon are just roaming you can physically see pokemon in this iteration which i don't think we mentioned that you can go and approach and actually try and catch yeah i mean that's yeah. part the that was in let's go oh, it was in let's go pikachu was it or or let's go eevee uh in let's go um all pokemon okay. visible in grass Whereas in this one, you have a subset of Pokemon Invisible and some you literally just have to run around in circles in the grass until an exclamation mark appears. So what did you make of the wild area in general, uh, Rufus? Uh, I liked it. Um, I did find it a bit of a weird level, not level, difficulty spike. Like yeah. the wild area is quite, can be quite intense. Like I spent a little bit of time just grinding out a bit mm. to make my, the rest of my life easier. And then you go to the next section of the first three gyms and it's like, oh, everyone's super weak. That's super weird. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not very well balanced in my opinion. And it's a bit weird that, that I don't really understand how the leveling works with it because I could go to a section where everything was, let's say I was level 25 and it was level 35. I go, oh, I'm too, I'm too low. I'd go back when I was level 35 and now they're level 45. And I was like, why, how, how can I catch this thing if you just keep adding 10 levels? Um, I, d I didn't really get it. 
uh, all of the time. I didn't get how the level scale and I didn't get why Pokemon just suddenly leaped and jumped and things moved. And, you know, that, that might just be my ignorance. I think it's linked to your gym, the number of gym badges you have. Mm. Well, talking about the number of gym badges that we have, and this kind of ties in with the wild area as well. A new feature, and tell me if this was in uh, Let's Go, because I, I don't know, but um, a new feature from my perspective is that you used to have it that you could catch any Pokemon, but you couldn't control them unless you had the requisite gym badge, or, or they wouldn't always follow your instructions. Now, so that's yeah. not quite right. So that uh, they wouldn't follow you if they weren't yours. So if traded yeah. Pokemon wouldn't listen to you, but your Pokemon, no matter what level, would always listen to you. And I think that is still true, right? If you get traded Pokemon in Sword and Shield, um, they will either they will potentially ignore you if they're of a high level and you don't have the badges. Yes. But the the biggest difference, as far as I can tell, is that now when you um, each gym badge you get, you can now catch a Pokemon up to a certain level. Yes, that is a new feature. Which by the end, so I think the last, the penultimate badge you get puts you up to, I think, 55. And then the last badge you get puts you up to 60. Now, the only thing that, that kind of wound me up about this in the wild area is that there were some areas of the wild area where the level bracket of the Pokemon you could catch were kind of between the levels that you were allowed to catch because of your badges. So you'd be able to catch up to level 50, but the Pokemon in one area of grass would be between level 48 and 52. Yeah. And it just felt like poor game design because, you know, you're obviously meant to go there because some things are level 48. And by that point, let's be honest, as you were saying, Rufus, you've got Pokemon that are level 50 and level 52, so you can fight it. Like, it's no problem. But the game will say, no, you can't catch that. Yeah. Why? And, and you literally have to run in circles for the same Pokemon, which is just one level lower, so you can catch it. And it was very frustrating. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a weird decision. I think they did... So... With every iteration of Pokemon, they are always trying to keep the eye on um, making it kid-friendly. Because, like, at the end of the day, whilst there are fans like us who have been playing, who have played, like, the original games, yeah, um, there are still, like, they still want to keep bringing in new people because that's how they keep the brand going, right? You need mm. to keep bringing in new blood. So... Mm. That's part of the reason why Let's Go came out. Like they wanted to have like set the bar really low to explain, cool, this is basically everything you need to go know about Pokemon, and then let's simplify some bits and pieces. But this is basically everything. But and yeah, I think it's just their way to make it slightly more linear and slightly more obvious that maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe you should go get the next okay. gym and then come back. Yeah, I, I see that. I definitely see that. But I think that I feel in the Pokemon games I used to play, and I think the last one I played as someone who wanted to go out and buy a new Pokemon game when I was a bit younger and, and play it because that was just what you did was probably Pearl or Diamond, maybe. I'm going back a little while now, I'm trying to remember. But I felt like in those games, and maybe because there was no wild area and there was no free reign, that I was always in an area about the level I was. Like, I never really felt like, oh, I'm too high, I'm too low. I was always there or thereabouts the level that I was surrounded by. Whereas there were plenty of times in Pokemon Shield, we actually all have Shield, which is just a coincidence, uh, Jason has Sword. But um, I felt like there were plenty of times where I was either 10 levels too high or 10 levels too low. And there was actually not many times where I was about the level, unless even with gyms, I was usually too high. So there wasn't many times I was the level I should have been, which I found a bit weird. Yeah, I think I've consistently been 10 to 20 levels above everything at all times. Yeah, what about, what about you, Bruce? Oh, I think definitely not 10 to 20 levels above things. Um, usually about 2 to 7 levels above. But you're quite low at the moment, so so that's probably still quite a big percentage. Fairly, yeah. I'm starting to encounter mostly things around level 22, 25, I think. Um, mm. A lot of the wild encounters that I'm having are similar levels to my Pokemon, but I think um, as I've been getting a bit more through the game, I'm starting to get the feel that it's more designed to allow you to be a bit piecemeal about catching everything. Like, mm. I don't feel like you need to just sort of like walk through an area and make sure you catch everything, partly because of the new Pokedex system. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think that 
perhaps the levels are sort of designed a bit more for that um, in much the same way that other Japanese RPGs work where you tend to kind of revisit an area later. Yeah, I have heard quite a few people say that this is this this game feels more like a typical JRPG than yeah, other Pokemon games may have. Much much more uh, similar to me to something like Tales of Zelia than previous iterations have been. Yeah. Okay, and now from the few gym battles that you've done, and and Rufus and I have done a few more. What uh, taking away from the wild area now? What do you make of the gyms? Because I again, I have a bit of mixed feelings about the gyms. So that's staying with Bruce. Well, I've only done the first two so far, but they seem to me very reminiscent of gyms from previous Pokemon iterations. You have some kind of um, simple puzzle to go through, uh, during which you probably fight a few um, sort of acolytes of the gym trainer, and then at the end you have a big battle with the gym trainer. Um, So I think I found them pretty similar to previous iterations. Uh, I quite liked the way that they did the grass gym. It was quite fun having the the sheep herding um, mm. and I also quite like the way that they've now styled the gym leader battles I think before these tended to be just you know in the room like any other normal battle but now you have this kind of whole stadium and with the dynamaxing and everything and I quite like the added bit of spectacle to it it's okay nice. okay that's 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 really fair uh what about you Rufus uh um Given that I have just done the ice, oh, uh, just as I mentioned, uh, there are we have different gyms than the swords. Right. So there okay. are there are uh, two two gym leaders that we get, which they don't get, and vice versa. Okay. Uh, just so you know. Oh, two! I thought there was just one. Nope, there's two. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, I think I don't remember those on my head. Uh, I think we don't get. Uh, we get the ghost gym, and they get something else. Okay. But, uh, I was saying, yes, uh, given I've just done the ice gym, uh, I'm going to say sometimes the gimmick is cute and just something pleasant to pass the time. And sometimes the gimmick is real bloody annoying. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you with the ice gym. And, and we won't spoil it for Bruce, who's yet to play it. But it's a real kind of someone thought of an idea and the idea is, OK, kind of fun. But the execution just makes it a real pain in the butt. <laughs> And it, it, there's nothing about it which is particularly like difficult. It's just a little bit more of the. It's a little bit finickety, and it just takes more time than I really care because. Honestly, yeah. I don't find like the gym battles. I do not find challenging because again, I am twenty to, like ten to twenty levels above all of the people I meet, including the gym leader. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and I think um, now I you know I, maybe it's roast into goggles. The one thing I would say I do enjoy the stadium nature of the final battle because it is quite reminiscent as well of like the 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 tv show and and it being a kind of a grand occasion like i remember the one that always sticks out in my head was the misty battle when it's kind of in a swimming pool type stadium thing and it it was quite cool um the flip side is i would say and i haven't got there yet but I, i imagine it might make the the end battles a bit less special because you've been fighting in stadiums for like the last few hours. So, you know, the contrast isn't, isn't as great. Also, it does feel like the gap in difficulty between the gym leader and the, the acolytes as, uh, as Bruce called them, isn't huge. Like there was actually one gym and I won't name which one it was where I'm the, the penultimate person, just because they had a couple of Pokemon that were slightly different types to the rest of the gym threw me off. And it was actually harder to beat them than the gym leader who I crushed in like 10 seconds. Um, but Hey, ho, you know, th- this I kind of it, thing happens. I think it was interesting. Your comparison on the leveling to the games that you played when you were younger. Um, mm. I actually, wonder if that is more due to a difference in how we play games now versus how Mm. we played them when we were younger because i i was never able to play those games when i was at that age so i've only played them later on um you know doing some retro gaming with them and i found a similar thing to what you described for sword and shield in games like leaf green and like heart gold and soul silver where like i was always massively over leveled and like nothing was any sort of challenge mm. um and i think that might be because um we know the tricks of the common, trade now don't know if this can... is common to many people but i feel like certainly probably i and i would guess that you guys as well are much more inclined to grinding now than we were as children perhaps mm. uh, 
maybe if you go through without doing grinding, it's perhaps uh, more of a challenge. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, one one last thing actually to mention within the the gym battles is Dynamaxing. How could we possibly forget the most innovative gameplay feature in the or Gigantamaxing? Yeah, I mean, I personally just <laughs> I, I found Long Cat quite amusing, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Long Cat is quite amusing. There, oh, there's one. So you guys will get to, and I can't, again, I'm not going to spoil. You'll get to a gym leader, and the Dynamaxed version of his Pokemon is just weird, and I don't understand it. And I, I, I like, I understand an artist probably went, went, oh, that's cool. But actually, when you think about it for more than five seconds, you're like, what the hell is this even? What is happening here? In fact, there's probably two like that. Um, but anyway, so. That. Yeah, you'll get onto it and you'll be like, oh, Ollie said, oh, yeah, this is definitely the one. Like, it's so immediately obvious. Um, I think, but... though, I kind of feel about the Dynamaxing in general that I didn't play Sun and Moon a lot, as I mentioned, but I think uh, Sun and Moon had a kind of transformation, kind of mega evolution sort of thing, right? Something like that, where you would temporarily transform into another yeah. form, the Pokemon. Uh, uh, so that I was an of... excellent why. I think Sun and Moon had uh, Z moves. Yeah, that was it. Um, I kind of see it as just like a, a slight refinement of that. Like it's, I think I don't really know the mechanics, but I I get the impression it's very similar mechanics. And they're like, okay, cool. Now we'll actually make it look cooler. Like your mm. you get like your Pokemon goes huge, and then you see like all the like shock waves going through the stadium and stuff and things. It looks, so I think it looks it's just like cool. a, a kind of a graphical refinement of it. Almost, I kind of see it as. I, it, it looks quite cool. I'm personally, it's not for me, really. Like I, it, it doesn't seem to make a massive amount of difference to the actual fight. Like just as a to test it for one, um, for one gym leader, I didn't even bother Dynamaxing my Pokemon when the other guy Dynamaxed because I was like, I'm pretty sure I can take him anyway. I was maybe two or three levels higher, but I had a type advantage, and you can still crush someone who's Dynamaxed if you have a, a good type advantage. So I, eh, eh. Bit, bit indifferent from me. Yeah, I mean, I've had that same experience when I've done the raids in the wall yeah. there, where I'm like, oh, someone else, someone else has done the raid. I've joined in. I've killed them first move because I just happened to get like, oh, I guess my Pokemon is a higher level, even though we can't see the level of the Dynamax. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, I'd be inclined to agree. I think it's just like a cosmetic thing, it's just a little bit of fun, really. Okay, so we've we've already talked a bit about uh, the Galar region, and uh, it's kind of reminiscent of kind of England. There's a lot of uh, you know, it's, it's quite funny. This is obviously how people outside of England see England. Uh, it's just these really old, um, archaic, medieval buildings, dragons everywhere, lots of sheep. I mean, the which the art director I, is medieval British. buildings. Uh, there's definitely medieval uh, buildings in the later city on. later on. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the the point is is that uh, I think it looks very good. As someone who last time I really played Pokemon, it was two D. So this looks very good to me. I I think people were complaining about the reuse of models and the reuse of textures and stuff. I I don't. Maybe it's just because I've grown beyond that age wise that I don't really care ma massively about graphics so anymore. People but... were complaining about that more because Nintendo was like. So this is the reason we can't add all, all 100, sorry, 890 Pokemon. We can only have 400 Pokemon. Which is also oh, like, okay. the only starters in this game are the three starters we get at the beginning of the game and Charmander. That's a bit naughty, isn't it? Yeah, and so that's why there's been a whole thing of like hackers have just yeah. been like, ah, what, what happens if we just add them into the game? Oh, they mostly work. Oh, okay then. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit I think, naughty. I think it it is interesting with that because I I kind of don't feel that bad about the idea of them removing some Pokemon, but it does seem a slightly disingenuous reason to say that it's so that they can have better text uh, animations if they actually don't put the effort into that. So while we've kind of bridged onto this topic, um, we may as well talk about the uh, Pokedex controversy. So I think look, I'm probably not going to catch all four hundred. Is that your guys' aim? Do you do you think that you'll get all four hundred Pokemon? Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, as I mentioned, all 400 includes Mew, Mewtwo, and a bunch of other legendaries which you can't catch. 
Are these going to be event-based, are they? Well, so in, like you, you are meant to be able to transfer Pokemon from Let's Go, from Pokemon Go, from half a dozen other things, mm. through Pokemon Home, which comes out next year. Okay. okay. Uh, so I think if you want like a Mew right now, the only way you can do it is going out and buying the Pokeball Plus. Right. And okay. because that comes with a Mew inside it. But if you also bought Let's Go, because that's what came out at the same time, you probably just transferred it to Let's Go. Okay, so Bruce, you think that you're going to, if not the extra Pokemon that you have to catch through whatever, buying things, transferring, you think you're going to get all of the Pokemon that are available in Sword and Shield? I think so. I think I'll probably get the extra things as well, because I've already got a lot of the things that eventually we'll be able to transfer, as Rufus mentioned, with Pokemon Home. Okay. So I would expect that I will probably get all of them eventually, although Rufus raises a very good point that some of them you can't get yet. It's, mm. it's a longer term thing than just the initial play through the game, yeah. And are you put out that you can't get all 800 and something Pokemon? Not really, no. Um, I think, yeah, I, I feel quite fine with the idea of reducing the decks over time and like mm. retiring Pokemon out of it because... Um, I think keeping them all in would maybe make it very hard to design the game and things because you've got to try and balance all these different cards. It's, it's a lot like the same idea of if you look at Magic the Gathering or Netrunner before it finished and things like that where they would retire cards out of competitive play kind of thing. Um, I kind of see it as like probably necessary for something like that. Mm. Um, I think part of the controversy was more just that they were doing it, but the reasons they gave for why they were doing it weren't very convincing reasons. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I don't mean, know. I... Like, I, I think, uh, I think part of the problem for me is just the case of like everyone has the Pokemon that they really associate with, right? So there'll be some random Pokemon that you don't care about, but like someone really cares about, and it's just being decided that it's not included. Like, the fact I am that upset Alakazam's not in there personally. Yeah, and I can't get Squirtle or Blastoise, right? It's just not in the game. Hmm. Yeah, and and you know, for, as you said, that that is going to bother some people. I I can't help but think though, like I'm buying a new game. You know, like if I wanted to just play as Blastoise forever, I or Alakazam forever, or whatever, I kind of feel you you know you buy Pokemon. I mean, how many different versions of Pokemon Red and Blue have there been? Probably three or four over the years, and so. You know, you had an opportunity to play with those. It's 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 like when a new version of the Elder Scrolls comes out and I can't play as or I can't interact with my favorite character or my favorite weapon or something from the last game, you kind of deal with it, right? Yeah, but they set the precedent previously though, right? Okay. How how so? Well, like up until recently they've had every Pokemon. In the previous like Sun and Moon game, they had every single Pokemon from every game. They they've only added eighty Pokemon. Okay. So in Sun and Moon, they had 810 Pokemon, and the fact that they uh, they like they said, "Oh, it'd be too difficult because we can't transfer over the graphics," but they've it's not been shown that they have transferred over the models. Right. So and it's a cop out, really. And also, like the whole thing of like, as far as balancing, the previous 810 were balanced in theory. Adding mm. an extra 80 where you haven't changed any of the previous Pokemon which you transferred over, I kind of feel like the balance argument kind of falls down as well. I kind of feel like constantly growing the number of Pokemon is unsustainable for balance eventually, but again, like that depends on them actually balancing them, and I don't know whether they've put the effort into that or not. I have to admit, I get the impression from some of the rumors and things about various things, including before these games, that actually the the development studio involved is just not doing a very good job in general. For instance, there was the thing with, oh, I think it was X and Y, where later on when people were examining and reverse engineering the game's files, they found that, um, so they'd reported that they'd had trouble getting everything to fit on the 3DS cartridge. And they found that uh, one of the characters had a separate duplication of their model for every story scene that they appeared in. Um, so there have been some things, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but there were reports of this, there were you know, rumours. I get the impression that, so while I feel like there could be very good reasons for removing all these Pokemon things, I get the impression that behind the scenes, 
you know, it kind of seems like it's a bit of a crazy train and like there's just random crazy stuff going on in the coding and it's not necessarily done very well and maybe they just were like, we can't cope. Well, okay. there was that whole thing with um, gold and silver, right? The second one, where... Uh, gold and soul silver. No, no, the actual second one. Where yeah, add... gold and silver. That was the second second yeah. generation. Okay, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where uh, basically um, they weren't intending to include the original region. Uh, the only reason why they included the original region was because um, what's his name? Uh, the the head of Nintendo who passed away recently, or like in the last year, Satoru Iwata. Satoru Iwata basically he was the one who got who gave them a compression algorithm. Mm. to basically fit more stuff on the original cartridge to be able to include the whole of the, the original region and all the Pokemon from the original region as well to Game Freak. Right. Okay, so... It isn't even always Game Freak being the one who is actually pushing the, the high-level coding. It is sometimes like just outside parties who help to fix okay. things. Okay, yeah, so... There have, have been some signs that Game Freak themselves might not necessarily have the skills to keep in all this data and stuff like well, that. I can't remember who said this. It might have been one of you guys, could have been someone else. But I mean ultimately Game Freak started off as a small mobile games um developer, right? And now I mean I know that Nintendo Switch is a portable console, but like it's far more complicated than a than a Game Boy in terms of what has to be done, the infrastructure, the me uh, mecha uh, mechanisms, the graphics, all of this stuff is far more complicated than you get on what Game Freak really started with. And it sounds like they've just not grown themselves to be able to cope with this. They've still got kind of a small company with a, a very basic level of technology um, as, their, as their mindset. I think that might be true. I mean, certainly you could see perhaps some signs of that. They don't really seem to have got any idea what the heck they're doing with their sort of communication technology for the multiplayer stuff, which is an unbelievable mess <laughs> but uh, that's that's more of a problem of ux uh than it is a problem of yeah. like technology sure. let's let's right? not to spend too long on on this because i think it's it is an issue they may address it later though that looks unlikely um and for the time being we have around 400 pokemon in the game in terms of the new pokemon um there has been as there always is i think every you know uh, every year you get people with more and more nostalgia and like oh the old pokemon were better but there have been some interesting designs this year i'm quite a fan of some of the new pokemon that i've encountered so far um there's the electric dog pokemon yep. i've been rather fond of and that's also been very handy uh when trying to catch um other pokemon because it has the ball fetch ability mm -hmm. And there was another one that was new, I think new that I relaxed. Ah, oh, yes, the um, the water spider Pokemon. Okay, okay. I think there there have been some very good designs. There have also been some quite weird designs and some quite weird evolutions, Rufus. Uh yes. Uh, so uh, this is this is the point where Ollie's suggesting I talk about the fact that there are like some very confusing and very specific ways that you evolve some Pokemon. Rufus, like. I have one segue that I managed to do well in this yeah. entire podcast, and you go, oh, you just did a segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, one of the simpler ones is, uh, so fairly early on, you see a Pokemon called Milsuri, which is a milk I Pokemon. See. Uh, and uh, the way you get it to evolve is you give it a sweet thing, so like a strawberry or some fruit, uh, and then you take the left analog stick and spin. That's it. That's it, Wait, and then it evolves. In what part of the UI do you do this spinning? In the in the overworld, you literally just take the left <laughs> stick, do a spin. Oh, so you spin around and it gets mixed up. Oh, that's cool. Wait, what is this Pokemon? I'm not sure if I've seen that. Uh, I, I think to look uh, at the picture. I'm not very good at remembering Pokemon names. Yeah, usually, same. So. Not very. It kind of looks like uh, it's just it's like a yellow fairy type Pokemon. It's not very interesting looking. Oh, I don't think I've seen one of those yet. It's in the grass. It's in the wheat fields that Theresa May is like chilling in. <laughs> 
Yep. Yeah. She uh, lives on a farm cool. now. She lives on a farm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you literally like. Uh, so, so you turn it into a milkshake then? Uh, well, you turn it into whipped cream. What? So depending on how 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 you spin. So to, like which yeah, depending on how you spin, like which direction at what time of day, how how many spins you do, this changes the form of alchemy. And also depending on which fruit, I think, or like some combination of the above. It's ridiculous. Right. Now, so That's I'm gonna so cool. I'm, I'm I'm gonna throw this in here because it's probably the time that it's gotta go in. Now, I am gonna be a grumpy old man for one moment, and I don't necessarily uh, have that much of an issue with a lot of the Pokemon evolutions and they, they repeat a lot of stuff and a lot of ideas they're clearly running out. I never understood the concept of food. The Pokemon food, it just feels weird to me that you can have Pokemon that are food. And but I mean, yeah, like, but like inanimate... wait, you can eat Pokemon in this one. It's an, I, it's, it's a, no, it's he a... just means more like some Pokemon are literally just anthropomorphized food. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's an ice cream Pokemon. In fact, and this happens a lot. And this is an, another kind of all this kind of Pokemon design. I don't get it right because like. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The the ice cream Pokemon, Rufus, you'll know. Vanillas. Vanillas. And then it turns into a double ice cream. Well, no, so it turns into a... It's a first, it's a tiny ice cream cone into a bigger oh. ice cream cone with um with a 99, and then it turns into a double ice cream cone. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's like... And, and you read the Pokemon entry, it says, some people think that the double ice cream cone formed when two single ice cream cones bang together. What is going on? Do like, you mean versus Magnemite and Magneton? Where it's literally like two Magnemites squished together, or three Magnemites squished together. Yeah, but at least then it's not like edible. Like, like Do you I'm like sorry. Execute. execute is execute. What is execute? Eggs. That's a bunch of eggs. Yeah, but eggs. I mean, I don't want to get all science on you, but eggs are not first and foremost edible. They do serve another purpose. Like they, they you know, the basis of eggs is life, right? So if you, if you, I can understand making a Pokemon that is an egg. So you're saying like, okay, this hasn't turned in. The fact that it turns into a palm tree is another question entirely. <laughs> well, I think they're actually meant to be like coconuts in theory, right, or some combination thereof. Who knows, right? Who knows what drugs the guy who invents Pokemon is doing? But I just, and I just don't get it. I don't get like. There's and so one of the Dynamaxing, it might even be the Alchemy, I don't know. But there's there's one Pokemon where it's it like it turns into a cake, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> how? Tell me how that makes sense, please. Oh, I want to see the giant cake. <laughs> no, don't give in to this. <laughs> don't prove me wrong. I just don't get it. I don't get it. That's not actually the worst one. The worst one comes a bit later on, where you'll be like, did that just turn into that? And it did. Um, that's just my little rant. I'm over now, okay? Everyone, apparently we love creamy Pokemon. Uh, yeah, that isn't, like... that. That's one of the easier Pokemon to evolve. Uh, if you want, like, um... If you want, uh, what is it? Zigzagoon, like, kiss Zigzagoon to evolve twice, you have to evolve after level 35 when it's night in real life. Some Pokemon will only level up, will only evolve when it knows a certain move. Right. Uh, Farfetch'd will only level up when it is uh, uh, yeah. when it has three critical hits in a single battle. Mm. Uh, what yeah. else? Um, oh, Yamask. Yamask is hilarious. Yamask has to take forty nine points of damage in one in one battle, and then you have to take it into one place in the uh, wild wild area, and it just evolves. Mm. That's it. Like exactly you literally just walk to that or... place. You walk to that place, and it's like, oh, I've now decided I'm going to evolve. <laughs> I, I, the, I, I find that quite fun, to be honest. That stuff, like it, it keeps it interesting. It mixes it up without getting ridiculous. Have you done the fossils? No, the fossils are ridiculous. Like, and it makes <laughs> no sense on any level. Um, for for those who don't know what we're talking about. In every Pokemon game, you can find a fossilized this, a fossilized that, and somewhere there will be a scientist in a lab coat who says, oh, I can take those fossils from you and I can re revive a Pokemon. In this game, it's they've tried to be innovative, but in my opinion, it it is just messed up. Rufus? 
Uh, yeah, you take two different fossils and mush them together. You literally—that's it. You literally take like a fish. So as I understand it, you've got a fish, a dragon. A, you have a fish, a bird, and a, bird, a dino and a drake. Yeah, dino and drake. So, and you can mix any of these together. Well, and... no. So it's it's fish to dino, oh, okay. fish to drake, bird right. to dino, bird. So to drake. there's there's four combinations. But the point is, is that none of the four combinations are actually what they should have been. So it's not like you can mix two. So it's not like you put a Drake and a Drake together and you get a Drake Pokemon. No. You put the Drake and the... What was the other one? Drake fish. and Fish. You put Drake and Fish together and you get a weird spliced freak of nature that has like a really fat body and a tiny head or whatever it might be, like depending on the Pokemon. And it just looks weird and I don't get it. Like, why? Explain. Someone. Did you did you see the like I've gone where it's like the Pokedex entry is just depressing. It's like oh it runs super fast but it can't breathe on land <laughs> and it's like why is it just like is it just like lying there yeah. on the floor like saying kill me? Pokemon got dark, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also uh, Sinistee, which is the T Pokemon, which evolves. Depending on whether or not it's a counterfeit Sinistee or a legit Sinistee. What do you mean? So, you know how, um, like, Denby, right? You know how, like, certain pieces of China and whatnot are, like, legit or counterfeit? Right, yeah. The the tea Pokemon will possess some teacups, and mm. most of the time the teacups will be counterfeit, and sometimes the teacups will be not counterfeit will be oh. legit teacups and therefore depending on which one it is you have to give it a different evolution item i i mean it's i it's kind of fun little quirky stuff so you can't complain too much about it it's it's nice that they're adding these things in because they don't have to add it in they could just make every single pokemon just evolve like at a level so it is nice that they do this there is it is a bit weird though uh, a, a few of these things um the other thing about uh, just generally the Pokemon and, and the new Pokemon that have been introduced, I feel like the um, type uh, interactions are getting more and more complicated for me. Um, and again, this is someone who hasn't played in a long time. I think when I stopped playing, you could have two different Pokemon that was two different types, but the types were relatively straightforward. Now I've, I really struggle with type combinations and like I fought a Steel Dragon the other day and I had no idea what to use against it because... It wasn't immediately obvious what was strong against it. Uh, they had double types in the original game. Really? Yeah, uh, Charizard's flying fire. Uh, okay, interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. Maybe it wasn't as prevalent or didn't happen as often. Or... Uh, like, we've had three new types. Right, so we've had Dark, Steel, and Fairy. Okay, Ice, Ice is, wasn't in the original, or was it? Yeah, it was, because Articuno. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, maybe only Articuno was ice, though. Uh, no, you had Seal, Dugon, uh, and Lapras off okay, the top I'll, of my head. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. So, <laughs> um, I, know, I know nothing. It was, it's been about 20 years, so I think you can probably forgive me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, any more comments on the new Pokemon before we move on? No, I'm, I mostly like them. There are some ones which are weird, like the apple Pokemon, which evolves yeah. depending on which apple you give it, and it turns into an apple pie or an apple. I mean, how can you evolve an apple Pokemon into an apple pie? Why not a tree? You give it a sweet apple tart, and it, I, again, I don't know. I, I, I'm not the art director. I didn't pick uh, these things. Okay. Um, so just a few little bits just to tie off. So kind of not related to any specific things, but little kind of bits in between. We talked about trading and how the online services aren't that great. So um, Bruce and I, I think, don't have the online service for Nintendo, or Bruce might. I certainly don't. Um, I actually got it to use with uh, Pokemon for hmm. a while. Uh, but as far as I can tell, it's not actually involved in Pokemon. Uh, so when you press Ycom and press plus, sorry, when you go to Ycom, you can set it, tell it to connect to the internet, and then when you're in the world area, other people will spawn, you'll be able to join other people in max raids, you'll be able to do surprise trades with them, which, 
I, I've done a, a lot of that stuff, but um, it doesn't seem to actually use like Nintendo's online service, right? Like it doesn't use your friends list. You can't like trade with your friends and stuff like that. So the way to trade with your friends over the internet is you set yourself... You set the you... same four-digit code as your yeah. friend and hope that nobody else has set that four-digit code. You know, out of the million, what is it, six million copies that they sold and, you know, the 10,000 possible codes, you hope that nobody else is playing at the moment and picked that same code. So Nintendo do show you things that your other friends are doing, so it's it's semi-instant. Like, it picks a handful of other players to put in the same sort of area, as well as your friends all get connected to each other as well through something. But no, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that side. Like you may or may not get the person you want, but Nintendo it, it, has decided a logic. But also, like that's like at least online, it kind of makes sense. It's a bit weird, but it's the same way you do it if you're in person. Like that's the thing which makes no sense. Like I can't be like press a button to connect to your nearby devices. Like there's no way to do that. It makes no sense to me. It's it's very strange. And I mean, in general, just kind of the online... So I haven't bothered with it, because partly because I'm old and boring, but also just because I don't understand it, and I feel like I'd be getting something I don't... I'm never going to use it for any other games, because I don't play any other games that have an online functionality on Nintendo. So I'd rather just harass you guys to meet up and trade me Pokemon. Um, yeah. It's, it's easier like that. Uh, also, so nurseries are still in the game. We've mentioned a lot of different items. We're not going to go into a huge amount of detail. Things like berries and curries and all that kind of stuff because it just we, Ooh, we can... curries. <laughs> Ooh, curries. We could we could be still here. haven't worked out how to cook them well, but <laughs> well, uh, I can give you made some a hints. couple. Yeah, yeah. Rufus <laughs> I, will, is I will be glad to hear those at a later time. The the one thing though I did want to mention, and this is probably my biggest frustration so far if i can call it a frustration is i like the fact that there's a lot of little things and and the the music for example i was saying to rufus before we started the music in the pokemon center is the same as the music as it was in the original game but i do feel it's been 25 years i think since the original pokemon game came out and there are some things they've kept the same that they really need to start updating. Like basic stuff like the speed of the scroll text and the dialogue between characters in cutscenes, which seems to have been lifted out of the... I mean, I remember playing Red and Blue being like, I, I'm your... I, I'm going to challenge you and I'm your rival and I'm going to beat you. And it seems to be exactly the same thing and it scrolls at the same speed and oh my god, it's just so slow and boring and ugh. Have you in, have you gone to the settings and increased it? I, yeah, I have, but it's still slow and boring and ugh. Like it's it just it's they're using the same methods as they used twenty five years ago, and I I feel like with all this innovation that they're trying to make with the actual Pokemon stuff, surely there must be ways of of making the UI and everything a bit quicker and easier and better. No, I agree. The UI is not friendly. Like it's weird because the game is still strictly aimed at kids. Like. It's aimed at older people, but it's also aimed at kids, and mm. it's weird just how half the time they've done stuff which makes the UI better, but in, like, the YCOM stuff is atrocious. Like, I, I don't understand who designed that and who thought that was a good idea. Mm. Yeah, some stuff can be a bit counterintuitive. The last thing I want to talk about is actually just the story of the game. So take aside all of the Pokemon, everything like that. Now, Pokemon games, as we've said, you know, you're trying to be the leader, blah, blah, blah. But every Pokemon game at the back of it kind of has a bit of a, um, you know, there's a thing happening. Something's happening in the background, whether it's Team Rocket, whether it's, oh, these Pokemon are dark and unhappy and they're black and white or whatever like i can't remember the story i didn't play those games so i don't know the stories but uh black and white was essentially uh pokemon pizza pokemon pizza fair enough pizza pizza like the uh, p-e-t-a oh peter oh i thought you said pizza that probably with, with the food pokemon we were talking about earlier that probably would have made more sense to me um but with this game so far as far as i can tell the plot is you are trying to do all the normal stuff, become the gym champion, blah, blah, blah. But also, there are two Pokemon. One looks a bit like a shield, and one looks a bit like a sword. But one has a sword, one is one, a shield. That, that Well, kind of. So this is another thing. Apparently, that's a version of them. So they don't look like that originally. They just look like dogs. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a bit... But anyway, that's as far as I can tell, that is the story. And something that's uh, cheesed me off one or two times is every time, like, I'm at a gym battle, I come out and it'll be like, oh, what was that noise? And you go outside to speak to your friends. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll go investigate the plot. You just carry on. (laughs) You mean... Do you mean the the one in the dragon area where it's like, oh look, there was an explosion. Oh, don't worry about that. You guys go 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 to the next city. It's fine. It happens uh, multiple times. It happens like genuinely three or four times where they'll be like, oh, someone's trying to bash that cave down. Why? Oh, don't worry about it, champion. You just keep fighting. <laughs> I want to find. A- That's why I'm playing the game. <laughs> I don't know why all the NPCs are doing all my quests for me. I mean, have, yeah, have you no, found that as well, or am I just... Uh, so I haven't had as much of that, because I'm also not that far into the game. Oh, like, not mm. as far into the game as you are. Uh, but no, I do agree that, like, you go away, you, like, sometimes it kind of feels like the story is happening elsewhere. Mm. Because, like, yeah. I went I went back to the dragon, to the gym, where the dragon... So, uh, minor spoiler, there's, an ex- there's a dragon gym. Um... <laughs> Uh, and I went back to there to be like, I wonder if I can go investigate. It's like, no, sorry. No. Go away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's pretty much this like, <laughs> no. And there's a lot of that. Now, there's always been that in Pokemon games. There's always been like, oh, you can't come this way. There's a Snorlax there. And that's just it until you get the one item you need to move Snorlax. Like, that's, <laughs> it's a very classic thing, which is fair enough. But there is a lot of in this game. Can I go down this tunnel? No, I'm training my Pokemon here. Okay, but it's quite a wide tunnel. Can I can I go through this? No, I'm training my Pokemon here, and you're like, oh, okay, or like something's broken, or like the fence that you could easily jump over is 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 whatever. Like it's just there's lots of that going on. Well, it's, that's always been a thing with like cut, right? Like where it's yeah. like, oh, I I have a Pokemon which can burn at a million degrees, but like a single knee high tree, mm, yeah. it's too difficult. Can't can't burn that down. Yeah, I can fly, but I can't cut that branch. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a bit of a pain, bit of a pain. But hey, you know these are those are the game mechanics that you kind of accept. And uh, I haven't yeah. finished the game yet. Maybe when we finished, we can do a very quick summary uh, in a couple of weeks' time or a week's time or whatever. But uh, for now, I hope that there's a bit more plot orientated stuff coming. Okie dokie. All right. Well, that is the podcast. Then I think uh, we haven't played or watched much else this week, but I'm sure we will do before next week's podcast. Not sure who's going to be on yet, but we will certainly have one. Um, and then for December, uh, the December podcasts are going to be the specials, uh, which we will be recording soon. So look forward to that. Okay, and that's the podcast. So I'd like to say thank you very much to our guests. Uh, thank you, Rufus. Thank you. And thank you, Bruce. Thank you. If you want to read any of the fantastic content that we put up about Pokemon and other things, you can find us on our website at www.bite-this.co.uk. We're also tweeting along on the Twitter at bite underscore this underscore. Or you can find us on our Facebook or Instagram pages at bite this one. I'd like to thank everybody for coming on. I'd like to thank everyone who does work behind the scenes on the podcast because a lot of work goes into it. And uh, I've been Ollie, as usual, and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm going to cut that so you're closer together. That's probably a smart thing to do.